1: What up everybody welcome to the corner podcast Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hell, coming at you from Blue Iron Studios here at the Wind Resort in Las Vegas another packed fight week Dre you won't be here later on in the week no <laughs> you no. won't be here for the wrestling episode congrats on hosting a panel of I guess minorities in wrestling, but it's more specifically like black voices and pro wrestling and stacked full of AEW talent on that panel is going down in Atlanta on Thursday,
2: Atlanta, April was that, 13th. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, 3 PM. It's, it's Mercedes Benz stadium, which is crazy. Um, and even bigger than that, like what I found out is like my panels right before rich Paul does his keynote speech. And then Don Staley's also the same day as me as well. So, and I'm not competing with them. They just put me as like right before them. And I was like, all right, cool. (laughs) So the fact I'm doing a pro wrestling panel at a black sports business symposium, it's pretty, pretty dope. So me, Jay Cargill, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Ops, Willow Nightingale, and Stokely Hathaway. Talking about. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. You got to get some uh,
1: content with Stokely afterwards about just 90s R&B.
2: Yeah, I've (laughs) I've been talking to Stoke, building to this panel, um, because everybody, you know, everybody on the panel, and, the, you know, I don't know if they're going to record it. It's supposed to be, like, you paid to. I'm not even paid. It's, like, an invite thing for HBCU students and black professionals and things of that nature. But now everybody wants to see it. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to record it, but I was talking to Stoke because everybody, the, the guys are like, oh, you know, is this, like, pro wrestling? I was like, no, this is, like, you being black and having to be a pro wrestler. I don't want to, don't be in character. Like, <laughs> I was like, Ricky Starks, you can, you know, show up with pants with no socks and shoes, but be yourself like be authentic because the first I feel like that is ricky starks well the, yeah the fun thing about ricky for instance and i know this is not a pro wrestling show is that the first question is about him because when i announced the panel on social media everybody's was like ricky ain't black it's like all right well, listen, there, there's my first question because we did the same thing with the rock yeah and we we're going to talk about colorism and racial ambiguity in pro wrestling kicking it ne- right off you've never seen a creole person I mean, the man from yo, Louisiana. So many people are like, Ricky, you know Ricky Star is not black, right? And I'm like, oh, my bad. And, you know, this is only what I do for a living. I didn't know. First question I got. I told Ricky, I was like, yo, it was the first question I got. Yes, they've never seen Creole people, and they like. Get to talk to Jade, talk about her career thus far. And, yeah, Stokely, yeah, we're going to talk about all about 90s R&B references and doing, <laughs> doing black culture stuff on a mainstream platform where it's like, yo, people may not get these jokes. I get them. I get them all the time. Listen, we kind of saw a lot of
1: that this past week in MMA. We're talking MMA today. Uh, For the people listening, we had UFC pay-per-view, 287 over the weekend from Miami. And then also we have a fight card that's pretty good this upcoming week. Good main event, especially Holloway versus Arnold Allen. But last week, before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, we saw a good amount of that with Israel Adesanya. And it's not just like being black. It's being nerdy and black. Yeah. Which is a whole different spectrum of things. Because he caught so much shit like before the fight. After the fight, people are bandwagoning out. Always. Before the fight, though, it was still a lot of like, what is this anime shit? Uh, he came out with the, the dog collar like joint from like the Jet Li movie, Unleashed. And he did the, the whole gimmick all week. And it's amazing. And people don't know it's from Unleashed. And, like, just that whole Japanese culture and people into that. And we catch a lot of flack, like, because we watch New Japan and Japanese wrestling. But been watching kung fu flicks and anime and shit forever. And it's so weird that there are still conversations about, like, the levels and depth of blackness on the timeline. And Twitter is becoming, like, worse and worse by the day. Every day. day. There's some weird shit on Twitter. Shout out to uh, DJ Academics who we'll oh. get to, oh. he was at this card and uh, infamous photo that you tweeted about That's earlier king? today.
2: <laughs> this y'all That's, king? This,
1: whose man's is this? Yeah. No, uh, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things where, where we see, and I'm interested to pick your brain on it, is that there's different levels to the culture and, and seeing people on different sides of things really brings up the, the question of like, not right and wrong, but there are a lot of shades of gray when it comes to these things. And I'll dive into Mike Tyson and DJ Academics. So beyond Israel Adesanya um, and his different likes and dislikes and follows uh, Andrew Tate and weird shit. I don't and know.
2: Jordan Peterson. He quotes him as well.
1: Yes. I mean, again, I have my thoughts about Israel Adesanya and why he does so. and. Beyond that, though, President Trump was a, a guest. Don't call him president. That's what the hell they named it. I mean, listen, this is what they did. His mama called him Donald. Donald. Mama mama called him Donald. Donald. Uh, they didn't even call him Donald. His nameplate said President Trump. Not uh, president. <laughs> The Donald uh, left jail, I'm assuming, or never went to jail. He just got a mugshot, shot, probably. Uh, after being indicted, decided to go back to his home in Florida and then take
2: the quick little drive. Down to Miami. And drive? It's a drive, right? He didn't drive. Fucking no. They probably dropped him in package. Yeah.
1: <laughs> got like a caravan or some shit. I picture him in like the Lex Express. <laughs> it's just a giant fucking American flag on the side of a bus. So he ended up in Miami. He got there fairly early for this card. And he's just like high-fiving people. Everyone's, give, you know, want to take pictures with him. Gets a monster pop on the broadcast. Whatever. It's Florida. We expect these. We know who's fighting in Colmaine, Jorge Masvidal. None of this shit shocks me. But the photos and everything, you know, beyond him hanging with Dana and stuff, is Mike Tyson and somehow DJ Academics. And Kid Rock. Uh, Kid Rock doesn't surprise me. Yeah, fuck Tyson off. and DJ Academics are in two very different realms, but both black men and thirsting to take pictures with Trump. Now, You posted these, you posted the photo with Tyson and Kid Rock and everything. Then you posted the separate photo with DJ Academic. You had two very different responses from the people under both of those photos. Mm -hmm. One I actually get. The other one I do not. Which one? The one with Tyson, I get the people under your comments. Because their case was, it's not that Donald Trump is racist or an idiot or... A bigot, whatever you may call him, whatever you may be. It's that Mike Tyson has known him since he was fighting in uh, Atlantic City. Correct. In the late 80s, early 90s. So, regardless if he's whatever he is, Tyson has known this from Jump and they're boys. Yep. It's like, all right, I get it. Like, I, all right, that's your, your reasoning. Be like, he don't like black people, but he like me. I get it. These academics just got here. I was like, what? There's no excuse for him. And it's a different level of now shock jock radio for him. He went from just being a culture vulture and, like, annoying to now he's very actively seeking out things to just be contradictory. And now he has a new show on, like, some right wing network.
2: The Rumble platform, the platform that I think did the power slap pay-per-view.
1: That hey, no, no coincidence there. Um,
2: All right. Oh, that's probably how he got a ticket. Yeah, sure. The uh, no reason for him to be at UFC. So we'll start with Mike Tyson. Listen, I don't expect much out of Mike in terms of like political, like I don't expect him in terms of much for like the community or the culture. You got to lower your bar for Mike, right? Yeah, It is what it is. Like you look at Mike Tyson, he like, he's well, he's alive, bro. Yeah, that, that's my <laughs> thing. It's like, well, he's still here. Yeah. And if he's known this guy forever, like, look, I ain't Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's not me. People like that wouldn't be in my circle. But if Mike feels differently towards it, so be it. I I would never expect Mike. I mean, if Mike Tyson was speaking at the Republican National Convention, I'd just be like, I guess, like, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's is. I don't, again, I just don't expect much out of Mike Tyson. The fact that he's alive and breathing in the year 2023 is fascinating to me. And that's what it is. Academics, on the other hand, is a, uh, Trump attacks the very community that you're a part of and that you claim that you're promoting, putting the culture on your back. And to take a picture with Donald Trump, it's, it's, yeah, you got to know when you're being used, right? Now, I guess, like, a lot of these people like DJ academics look at it as like, I'm using them. I'm making money. No, they're using you, right? Like, academics, for whatever reason, has over a million followers on social media. People like his shit. Uh, He's polarizing. It, it ain't my shit, right? Like it ain't my speed. You know, like Freddie Gibbs says, this room stinks. Like when he <laughs> posted that picture. But they they don't really like you, right? Like, they don't really, fuck, like Trump, Trump doesn't like people like you, but he will use you for your cloud to say, like, what was it? Diamonds and silk, one of them died, whatever. Yeah. He'll use them. They're not his friends. I've seen, I saw a quote. Stephen A. Smith said Trump's not racist. I get where this comes from. Yeah, I don't agree with it. I get where it comes from. When you, when you talk to somebody off camera, they present themselves differently because everything is pro wrestling. When Trump is on camera, he's amplified to the 10 because he knows who he's speaking to. Ann Coulter did the same thing. Jason Whitlock does it to a degree. It's not that they don't believe the things that they say. They just ramp it up a lot more. Does that always mean that they're racist? To me, Yes. <laughs> but to you, maybe not because he doesn't talk to you in that manner. You guys have a civilized conversation. To me, none of that shit matters if you're having these conversations behind closed doors. If you choose to have a very racist and over-the-top
1: public gimmick and then be someone else when it's time to turn off the gimmick, you, you still are very comfortable with having that gimmick. Yes. Which probably makes you racist. Yeah. On the inside. Like, I'm, I'm not going to have an overly racist gimmick on social media or make it my platform or my brand no. or associate it in any way. Cause I am not racist. I'm not going to do it. With, I'm not going to be sexist. I'm not going to be xenophobic. I'm not going to be anything, any of the spectrum of yeah. it. I would not align that with my brand, no matter what it could get me or how far it could get me or anything. I wouldn't do it. So people just say, well, it's performative or Trump Oh, that's just Trump rallying his base. Oh no, it's just politics. I hear that a lot. That's just politics. Politicians say a lot of shit and do a lot of shit. They don't. They're just trying to cater to the Republicans or the Democrats. Like, then, again, that is a very active choice. And you know, inherently,
2: that people are going to call you racist. At the best, he's an idiot. Well, no, like, here, here's my issue. When people say this is performative, and it's like it's just politics. No, just politics is the reason why. Like we've had all these mass shootings. That's politics. It gets politicized, and Trump, you know, they can't take our guns. They, you're playing to your base, but your base is dangerous. Like Roe v. Wade is gone. Your base stormed the Capitol, right? So it's like this is a dangerous narrative to carry and hold on to. And as a as a minority, you should be offended to be have somebody in that space that would advocate for these things, right? Like, I, I couldn't be in the same room with Donald Trump. I, nobody was saying, hey, take a picture with Trump. You guys want me to go to jail? Because that's what's about to happen. I ain't got to punch you in the face, but I got, I got words. Yeah, I, I would have said, I mean, if I covered that
1: in the UFC and I had coworkers who had to go and cover that, I just would have stayed as far away from that section as possible. Like, I am just don't even... I had to follow around Conor McGregor here during the John Jones fight week because he's polarizing, you got to capture his reactions, all this stuff for social. So, and there was a lot of us there. So other people were shooting fights in the cage and we separate the task. I was on McGregor watch. I was like, all right. I got some good content. Got a quick little interview afterwards. Hey, crazy upset. Or what do you think about John Jones winning again? Like I got all that content. If they would have told me to do that with Trump content, I would be like, peace. I'm out of here. Granted, I work for ESPN. We we do not do that. (laughs) But if I worked for like Fox Sports and they would have tasked me with that, I'd be like, no, I'm good. Peace. Like, it's just not, it's not for me. But when you look at someone like academics, you say it like he says he's carrying the culture and all this stuff. Like, he's between a rock and a hard place because they're using him on that side of things. But we don't, the real ones really don't fuck with him on this side of things people watch his content because he's polarizing and they want to see what he's
2: going to say next to disagree with because he's a clown. That's why yeah. people watch his content. Takashi 69. He's a clown. These are yeah. clowns getting clown reactions and think that this is he's like just
1: monetizing clown right. reaction, but he's learning slowly. The same thing Whitlock learned. the same thing. A lot of these people learn same thing. Really that Trump learned is if that is what you are, Trump went to the apprentice and it wasn't enough, right? Like, You have to ramp it up because once you start being a clown, you need to continuously be more clown like to maintain that level of popularity. So now academics like, yo, my old stick is really wearing thin. Now, how do I ramp it up? And this is him ramping it up. So when he says he's using them, he is because if he just kept the the same old shit he was doing before, he would have flamed out. Yeah, he would have. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Like, he gonna, he gonna make a bag. I, it's interesting because all his shit, a lot of it's opinionated and he does it on like Twitch and people seek him out. So now he'll get a bag up front for it. But the other shit he did was
2: interview bait. Yeah. So now it's like, who's really fucking with you? Dude, a lot of cats just don't have souls, man. So it's, they're, I have integrity. It's not it's like a lot of people don't. Couldn't pay me on a press run and be like, yo, you're talking to academics. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not interested in that. Like, I, I was offered to interview Jorge Masvidal, and I was like, no. I'm like, not going to go how y'all want it to go. No, it's not. And it's like, it's, it's <laughs> a bad idea for you even to yeah. put this in front of me. So Chris ended up doing it. I mean, she did a great job. But yeah. it, it was one of those things, like, if he says the wrong thing, I'm going to start pushing back. People who listen to this podcast knew me and Masvidal had to run it on Twitter a couple of years ago, and it wasn't pretty. And, you know, his managers threatened me, and I was like, I'll fuck you up. Don't <laughs> – like these ain't for play-play, and Horry ain't coming to save you. But – He almost got in a fight like the night before. The we fight. got it with Kevin Holland. The street fight. But the point is, is that there's a lot of grifting going on, and these grifters can keep grifting each other, and the pictures, like – i just trying to get the homies out of Florida so I can send Bugs Bunny to saw that shit off because we got to get rid of Florida. It's it's ridiculous. Aside from state taxes and good weather, I don't see the point of going. That's it. We got decent weather out here. We got Big E and Johnny out. I told E, like,
1: yo, you watch a lot more fights if you move to Vegas. He's, yeah. No. <laughs> like, we, yeah. We, we get you out of there, E. Like, this is good. We go to fights every other weekend out here. Let's do it. Um, no, yeah, it's it's crazy environment. Outside of that, though, like, Miami is Miami. I'm Shout out to everyone who said there's really no recommendations for Miami. It's a shithole. I guess I I did not know this. Uh, You're South Beach and shit. A lot of people like South Beach. Maybe it's not for those who are out of their 20s and those who are not just tossing money about. So I'll make it quick. A quick run to a Cuban restaurant, run back to the airport. That would be my experience of Miami. Seems like the city turned out, though. Dana White, take it for what it's worth. But said the gate was even bigger than their New York gate last November. Sure, okay. So I don't. Care. They were thirst for MMA. Yeah, twenty it's years. Twenty years. Um, it's their target audience, like it or not. It's very bro culture. Very, yo, I got to lift weights every day so I could be at the beach and flexing. And um, then you add in the political affiliations, and there are a lot of those people. In Florida, so I expect him to go back fairly soon. Oh yeah, the turnout was great for really Masvidal, but people came out for Izzy, yeah, and for Pereira. Like the, the crowd was nuts for the main event, more so than for Masvidal.
2: No, I mean it was a, it was a great main event. You can't deny the the how magnetic that main event was, which we'll talk about in a minute. It was a good fight card. So yeah, Miami's going to turn out, but yeah, their hero was Jorge Masvidal, and the dude got a, you know a, a the pop of a of a king. And then he got popped in his face a lot. <laughs> he had Pop- a good first one. And then he popped them gloves off and
0: popped his ass into retirement, hopefully. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Yeah, let's see. So going through the card real quick. Um, Kelvin Gastelum. Well, first off, Michelle Waters.
2: Yeah, it's, that was tough.
1: It was a close fight. Yeah, it was close. She had a good, good account, but she came up a little short there. Cynthia Cavillo takes another L. Dude, that was Dana's dog for a
2: minute. Yo. He loved love him some Calvillo. Cynthia Calvillo, but Calvillo never rounded out her skill set. And I think...
1: She has like four or five losses in a row.
2: Yeah, it's, it's time. Yeah, she
1: might be PFL. But Bella Tormann. Um, Yeah. And then Kelvin Gastelum beats Chris Curtis. Didn't see Still that coming. I don't him. know
2: how. I mean, Kelvin Gastelum... I watched the fight. I don't think he won. I thought he won. I thought Gastelum won. I thought it was a much better performance than I expected from him. I thought Kelvin Gasson was on his last legs. He hadn't looked great in his last few fights. And he fought like the old Kelvin Gaston that fought Israel Adesanya. There was a lot more vigor and there was a lot more um, technique. Like, he had a lot of spring in his step. He looked good against Curtis. Still so young. Which is crazy. Like, he's younger than Adesanya. Yeah. by like four or five years. Mm, Only like two. Really? Yeah. But he fought on the ultimate Fighter with Uriah Hall. Gaston's been here a long time. I think Gaston's 31 and Adesanya's 33. Oh, Gas 31. I thought Gaston was younger than No, but he wins. He's, he's still hanging around in the bottom 15 somewhere in the, in the rankings. He'll get another big fight. Um, and maybe he's had a slight little rejuvenation in his career, but he looked good. Much better than I expected him to do against Chris Curtis. Yeah, 31, he got a lot, of, a lot of career left. Yeah,
1: he just 31. has a lot of tread on those tires. Someone who has a ton of career left, and we talked about this, and I wasn't far off. Nope. Uh, I just didn't see it happening here. But Raul Rosas Jr. loses to Christian Rodriguez. Rodriguez had him in hell on the ground. Dude,
2: you, Raul Rosas fought like a virgin having sex for the first time. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, as soon as he was out the gate, he was flying. Like, he dove at him. He was like, ah, ah. Like, that's how he fought. He fought like he was 18. Like, he fought like, I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to kill it. And then it was like, oh, he's still here. Now he's tired. And Rose says, got a long way to go, buddy. You're like, now you've lost. And shit happens. Dana put you in front of somebody that he thought you could beat. But there was, there was, he wasn't measured in his approach. He, he bum rushed the show. And the show busted his ass back. So you take your loss, he'll be back. Um, he's got a lot to work on, though, clearly. Yeah. Because you can't just keep diving for people's ankles the whole fight. You got to set it up with some strikes. Like, he did nothing in this fight to set up anything. And he looked good in the first round, but it was like, yo, why are you spending so much energy? It's a 15-minute fight. And he was done. He He clearly didn't think it was going to be a 15-minute fight. No. He he thought he was going to get him out of there, roll him, be done in three minutes, and— Go celebrate. He was busting his first proverbial nut. Like, he was going for it. Like, he was like, ah! And as I'm watching the fight, I was like, all this dude has to do is weather the storm. And then after that, ah, ah, The refractory ah. didn't hit like like
1: it's supposed to hit.
2: Nah, he was cooked. Yes, (laughs) it was a wrap. Uh, Next, Kevin
1: Holland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Kevin Holland is wildly entertaining
2: when he's wildly entertaining. If you keep a fight standing, he's incredibly entertaining. San Diego Ponzinibbio was like, yo, I'm going to stand with you. And I was like, "Ah, I shouldn't have picked you. As soon as he started standing there, I was like, I can't. Like, I thought he was going to try to get this fight to the ground. Because Holland has a reach advantage. Holland has a striking advantage. Holland has really good footwork. If you don't trap him and get him to the mat, you're probably going to lose. Because Kevin Holland's a very good striker. And he made San Diego Ponzinibbio faceplant. And I don't know who took that photo, but it was like Ponzinibbio was face down, ass up. And I was like, dang. What a way to go! And Ponzinibbio popped up like what? I mean, yeah, it's sir. Like, did you? No, you didn't see what happened <laughs> no, to you. you didn't. Check the big screen for the replay. <laughs> That's you, face down, ass up. Get, like you just got your ass handed to you by Kevin Holland. Now, Kevin Holland. It's one of those things. If this was boxing, they put him in nothing but strikers. Yeah. For the next like four years, but they're not. The UFC credit to them. They're not going to give him any soft touches. They're going to get him another wrestler and be like, "You need to figure this out." And he's not going to figure it out. And we're going to keep doing this cycle. He'll probably take another fight. I expect to see him like international fight. Yeah. Because he's always entertaining.
1: I yeah, feel like he's a guy. You put on these cards and always count for a good fight. And he's going to talk some shit. Yeah. Big Mouth, is, he's a good fighter. You know, this fight is he like, hey, you smell the weed? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, no, it definitely smells like weed. And I was like, oh, I didn't know weed was legal in Florida. Anything goes. Uh,
2: next up, Rob Font, Adrian Giannis. I picked Adrian Yanez. Rob Font was like, not tonight. Pick everyone Puerto Rican. Let's go, Rob Font. Rob Font looked damn good. Adrian Yanez found out the hard way. Like, I think he thought he was going to steamroll Font. I think he looked at this fight and was like, oh, I'm not worried about his striking. I'm a little bit better than him. I'm younger. I'm more athletic. Rob Font just put them bricks on his face and was like, oh. Quick fat. Like, Yanez looked good for like 30, 40 seconds. Yeah. To start, Rob Font had like a little
1: blood on his face. He was swelling. And then Fawn was like, oh, fuck this. Then we just going to throw him. And Fawn started to realize, like, oh, I'm landing before he's landing. Yeah. Oh, we just going to open up. And amazing knockout and stoppage by Fawn. He's a guy who's, again, at bantamweight. He's always a tough out. He's always yeah. going to be a tough out. His quickness, and it's it's unique to be very quick but very patient. Yeah. And he never rushes a stoppage. He he never overextends himself. You're really not going to catch him just walking into some dumb shit. No. Like, if you're going to beat him, you got to bring it to him. Like, Cheeto Vera brought it to him, that took five rounds. Jose Aldo took five rounds. Outside of that, like, he beat the shit out of Cardi Garbrandt. He beat the shit out of Marlon Murray. It's like, he's not going to walk into something
2: stupid. No, he's a smart, he's the exact opposite of what we just talked about Raul Rosas. Like, he is, I've been here before. I know how to take my time and be patient and look for openings and opportunities to take advantage and counter. Like he did everything right. And Giannis was just, he looked like a deer in the headlights after like 20 seconds. It was like, oh shit, I'm. Yeah, oh,
1: all bad. And that's why I was like, yo, he's not a gatekeeper yet. No. They, they put him in a matchup like he was. So like, you're going to fuck around and find out with Rob Fawn. He, he ain't that. co Komeni
2: Van Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal. Come on, man. Listen, Masvidal, retirement. <sighs> Adios. Yeah, see you later. I mean, what did y'all expect? If you expected anything else, Gilbert Burns is a better striker. Yep. Gilbert Burns is better on the ground. Gilbert Burns is a better fighter. There was no reason for this fight to happen, but it did. And Burns won, and Masvidal retires. And then in his retirement speech, shouts out the greatest governor and the greatest president. It's like, bro, like. At first, the speech wasn't horrible. And like no, at first he was rolling, and yeah. I was like, "Okay, it's a retirement Ooh. speech." He was like, "By the way, this month he could have help himself." But that you know, I, I, a lot of people saw that I tweeted. I was like, "Man, the uh, keep politics out of my fight, and this uh, crowd is quiet tonight. Super quiet. Y'all ain't saying shit. Love politics and sports today, right? Yeah. Oh, now it's not shut up and dribble. Now it's like dribble and politics. Like punch politics, sir. Punching politics. Hey." So the, the real question is, is Masvidal really retired? No. He's going to fight. This is the perfect
1: time to retire. It is. But as we saw, and it might not be Big Mouth. Big Mouth called him out for the BMF it won't belt. won't be that, no. But the BMF belt,
2: whether we like it or not, is still a thing. I don't know how. Like, tomorrow, punched him in the next week. That should be his belt, but whatever. He did fight. He fought everyone.
1: So he doesn't back down like a punk. Like he fights everyone there is to fight. I think there are still lucrative matchups for him. And I understand he's made more money than he thought he'd ever make, but this new contract is still fairly new. I could see Conor McGregor fighting Jorge A 100%. I could see if Colby loses, they're like, what do I have for Colby? And you still got to pay Colby a fair amount. Him and Masvidal. Masvidal could say, yo, I'm retired all he wants. He tried to beat this man's ass. In the street. Yeah. There's a restraining order against him. That's some real shit. You'd be like, yo, you know what? There's nothing else for Kobe. He lost another title fight if he loses to Leon. we can't give him a fourth one. How are we going to justify this shit? Yo, Jorge, do you want to run this back? And you put that shit in Miami? Those two?
2: That's where it should have been in the first
1: place. Yeah, but you're printing money. If you want to go back... Jorge would be like, yo, I thought I was retired, but no, I'm coming out of retirement to beat this guy's ass, which he won't. But
2: you match those two up? Yeah, Jorge would be back if, for one of those two fights. If for any reason Connor loses the Chandler, that, that's the fight. Connor and Masvidal at 170 pounds. It's like there, there's no question. If you're Masvidal, there's too much money on the table, pay-per-view point, to miss out on that. Um, but I would need Connor to lose. Kind of can't win and fight. Like, you can't get any more gifts. Nah,
1: if if he wins, he's fighting the winner of Leon
2: and Colby. I don't want that either, but here we are, right? Like, Chandler's a, a lightweight. If you beat a lightweight and get a welterweight title shot, this is the UFC, UFC. Yeah, I mean, it's not, is is any worse than giving Colby a title shot?
1: No, um, all, Bilal Muhammad bad. is just going to be pissed again. Sorry, Bilal. But, yes, there's other people who deserve it and I understand. They'll say Burns already had one shot. He can wait for a second, even though he's winning. Um, no, I, I think Connor trying to make history as a champ, 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 and now f- actually being able to fight someone that isn't of the skill set of a Kamaru Usman. Like, Leon might stand and strike with him. Um, I think Leon would beat his ass. I, there's a lot of people who could beat but his no, ass. I, I think but was, you give I, him a, a puncher's chance with that right hand, and you never yeah. know. Leon might stand up with him. Colby, probably try to wrestle the fuck out of him. But there's a chance he could punch Colby. Kobe. Colby's been standing up a lot more. So, and that build of Connor and Colby is a big build. Yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't care. It'd be gross.
2: I'd rather see Conor and Leon in the UK or in yeah. Ireland. I, I mean, from a fighter's perspective, it's Conor Masvidal's a fight to make because even if Conor beats Michael Chandler, none of that justifies a welterweight title shot. Even though the UFC will probably give it to him, hundred percent. But n- nothing. You should get another fight, and you should be fighting money fights. You should be nowhere near a title fight. If he loses, though, I do. I do
1: like Conor Masvidal.
2: Oh yeah. Also in Miami. Conor
1: yeah. is like, you pull the fucking Lambeau yacht? Yeah, pull it right up. up. They'll play Scarface. Oh,
2: he's going all in. You think you're the real Scarface? I'm the real Scarface. You <laughs> should know about Yeo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, Connor. <laughs> kind of, what do you know about Yeo? <laughs> a lot.
1: So, I mean, Connor's made for Miami. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I, I, I think Jorge Masvidal definitely comes back. And then main event, Alex Pereira versus
2: Israel Adesanya. Let me tell you something. I wasn't sure. I had predicted Al would winning this fight. I said Israel had to fight the perfect fight to win. And when you lose to a guy 3 times, mentally it has to fuck. Yeah. No matter what you say, usually when you get knocked out twice in a row by the same guy, like not you didn't lose, you got knocked out twice in a row. Conventional wisdom would say, "Yeah, I'm going to stay out of the, the danger zone." I'm going to fight from a distance. I don't want to get hit with that again. Adesanya's is built different because what Adesanya knew that we knew and that Alex knew is that Alex thinks he can beat me. The moment he has me in trouble, he's going to try to kill me. And I'm going to use that to my advantage because I can't knock Alex Pereira out just standing up with us striking with each other. I can knock him out if he's coming to me. And if you watch the fight, like the way he, first of all, Perez's calf kicks was killing Adesanya again. Oh my god, Adesanya's leg was just giving way. It doesn't even. Everything Pereira throws it's is bad. reckless. bit. It, it's just so much power. He's so big. He's but the way that Adesanya was fighting, switches, stances, moving, lateral movement, he's still using the jab. He was he was striking with Pereira, but in a way that said, "Yeah, I'm I'm not worried about you." which kind of surprised prayer to the point where he was like, really? All right. I'm going to use these lace kits, demobilize you so you can't move. And I'm going to roll for the finish faster this time. I, there's, there was nothing luck about this. He, he rolls over. He, he backs into the cage. He, he tucks his right elbow down, throws a little left hook to get us to move just a hair while he's throwing, after he throws that knee, uncorks his hellacious right hand, catches him on the chin, and Alex Bray is cooked. Another right hand, hammer fist for good measure, three arrows to his chest, makes fun of his kid. I'm the champ again.
1: It was the exact sequence at the end of the first round of the He did the exact same thing, caught him, staggered him with the first one, and then the ref steps in the end the round. This time, catches him, the second punch is to the temple, and that's it. Like, the, the punch to the chin, Alex kind of, like, Goes down, but he wasn't going to hit the ground yet. The one to the temple was like, whoop. And then the hammer fist was just filthy.
2: Yeah, it it was. I mean, so we're looking at, like I said last week, that was his legacy. The era of Israel Asani was on the line. If he loses, it's over. Forget about it. Because there's nowhere for you to go. You lost Alex Perea twice. You can't move up to 205. It's nowhere for you to go. He went into that fight with the utmost confidence that he could beat that. Mentally, there aren't too many fighters that can do that. They can talk all they want about, I can beat him. Everybody says that. We saw Max Holloway's fighting Arlene yeah. and Max Holloway was, yeah, I'm a better fighter than Volkanovski. But I don't know if he really believes it. just showed me that he believes that he's better than Alice Perea. And then he knocked him out. Most people get worse than me. Exactly. It's like, Figueroa, like you, you look at him,
1: he kept... When, when you look at him, no, nah, he kept getting worse as they kept fighting. Like, and that's the case in most that you. you mentioned Volkanovsky kept getting better and Max kept getting worse every time the they The Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's just the other person when they have your number and they have the power advantage and everything, usually technically they get better to add to the power and to everything that they had in the first place. Israel Adesanya was just like, I think he got lucky twice. Yeah. And it is just like, I, I, if you go to the kickboxing one, Izzy was winning the first fight and well, he won the first fight if anybody watched the first fight. He should have won the first. This fight. is the biggest my biggest pet peeve. And there's a stupid tweet that said this is the greatest Ugh. rivalry in combat sports history. No. If you want to go MMA, I don't even think it's the greatest rivalry in MMA, but if you want to go that far, whatever. I have an argument. Okay. It is not better than at least like the top 5 boxing. No, it's not, it's not Ali Frazier, cut it out. No, it's not Ali Frazier. It's not Pacquiao, Marquez, Marquez, um, no, there's it's there's not Barrera Morales. Morales,
2: those are fucking. It's halacious. not Ward Gotti, like y'all Gotti got it. Ward was fun. like come on, it's like but that's what I'm saying, yeah. like it's like I don't know, like y'all signing up for Twitter blue so you can say <laughs> dumb shit like this and <laughs> so people can respond, but yo, I love the rivalry, I think it's great. Yeah. Combat sports, no, and these are people
1: saying this who probably never seen the kickboxing ones, right? Like, you just heard of the kickboxing ones. You saw the knockout uh, like clip. It was like 15 seconds. You're like, this is the greatest rivalry. Like, shut up. No. Did you watch the whole thing? But yeah, Izzy was winning the first fight, in my opinion. I, I thought he won the decision. Yeah, he got, like, dazed and buzzed at one point. But that was it. I thought he did enough to win. He didn't. They ran it back. Izzy was dominating that fight even better in the first fight. Got caught and slept. And hence, Pereira's son did the celebration, and everyone went crazy because Pereira was losing that fight. And then Izzy gets caught and slept, and Izzy's like, all right, I'm out of here. And Pereira keeps dominating, becomes a champ-champ in kickboxing and goes to glory, and it's great. It doesn't look like he ever wanted to do MMA. Izzy goes on this tear, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go beat him again. And then Izzy was dominating again, three rounds to one, and maybe 4-0 in some cards, and then gets gas, caught with his back against the fence, and knocked out again. And he's just like... Fuck, like, yeah, the guy knocked me out twice, but if we take the accumulation of all our fights, I beat him except for about three total minutes. Yep. And I end up being 0-3. And, and that, you know, that's the break sometimes. That's but,
2: like, it's like a video game. Yeah. Right? It's like you get to the final boss in a video game. It's like, damn, he's got this long-ass health meter. I can get him. I know I can beat him. That was Adesanya's mentality. Yep. Like, I know I can beat him. He's caught me. But so yeah, he's got fight altering power. But if I can stay away from that, and if I can do this, I can beat him. Fighters don't have that mentality. He's, Treat that shit like an anime, like a real life. He anime. did, he did, <laughs> and, and that man is back. On you know, he's, we the the era of Adesanya. Now he sells a chance to catch Anderson Silva yeah. as the greatest middleweight of all time. He has an opportunity now. Now, do they run this back? Dana White says no prayer moves us to two hundred five. I call bullshit. No, I think. Um... No, 100% they don't run this back immediately.
1: Are you telling me ever or immediately? Well, I mean, if it's not immediate, who's it gonna be? This is the key here is that I don't know who Adesanya fights next. Probably uh, Dupace or whatever. Nah, there's no interest in that. He's six and he's beat everyone one through five. I don't don't know what to tell you. The guy's six. Um, Kamaev is, he has to get another fight. Yeah, fight at
2: middleweight.
1: Yeah, like he has to get another fight. And I, I think that's a good opponent down the line. But, um, no, I mean, you beat everyone one through five. You beat one guy twice. So, yeah, number six is is the next one up. So that's going to be Izzy's next fight unless he just wants to wait. But I think he stays busy, and uh, he talked about it because uh, once he said he wasn't a real African. Like, he's like, I'm a South African. Like, this guy, I grew up in South Africa. I, I lived there. He's like, this guy's not yeah, a real yeah. African. And Izzy took real offense to them, um, being Nigerian. So Izzy might just put the paws on him for But in the meantime, I think Alex can move up and you're looking at a division where they're not going to slide Alex back too far. Alex is one, two fights away for challenging for a title at 205. And you look at a fight this time next year between Alex and Yuri. I fully expect Yuri to be champion by this time next year. Uh, No disrespect uh, to the current champ, but come on. Uh, Yuri was injured. He gave up the belt. He come back for that. So... I expect Yuri to be champion. You look at a fight between Alex and Yuri, and that power and how it translates for Yuri Paraska. And then, if any reason Alex can get the title at 205, I think by then Izzy will get the inkling of that's like bad. that's bad. Like you know what? I tried once. Can we go for this wildly popular rivalry? And this time, me trying to take that belt from? Him. I think it's, I think now you're giving up more advantages.
2: Yeah, to Alex, but at this point. You dare to be great. Here, here's I, I personally think they should run it back immediately. One, because Alex is too big for the weight class. If you wait, he ain't going to make weight. So, two, he has nobody to fight. Just because DuPlace, yeah, he's cool and all, but that ain't selling no damn pay-per-views. Nah,
1: it depends where you put it. You could put anything in Australia, run the gate, and then just... And for me, DuPlace has to beat Robert Whittaker. Or Marvin Vittori to get that opportunity. Sure, but Izzy already beat Robert Whitaker. No, he but beat Vittori. Like at this point, he can't fight them either. No, but that's so what So if he... you keep feeding the next contenders to those guys, he's never gonna fight anyone. Here's anybody.
2: what has here's what I think has happened. Izzy and Alex need to run it back, maybe at the garden in November. Maybe. I don't know if that's too far out. You run it back in the interim, Hamza Kamaya fights Robert Whitaker or Marvin Vittori. Or Costa. Or Costa Costa like he's been talking about, DuPlays fights the other, and you figure out like where these guys fit into this thing. But if you wait and Alex moves up to two hundred five, if I'm Izzy's manager, if I'm his team, like you ain't going to fight him at two hundred five. Like it, you beat him. You're the middleweight champion. He should be fighting you because, more importantly, Yuri Pahashka beats Alex Pereira. I'd like to see it. I, I, I'm not
1: doubting it. Alex's power. It's a good fight, but that fight— I want to see Alex's power at 205 because we've seen it in glory. Yeah. You've wrecked people in kickboxing at
2: that weight. Look what Yuri did. It, like yeah. Yuri, Yuri's- it, it, But the Yuri-Alex fight will be there. It ain't going nowhere. Alex is going to—he's out, outgrown. He's, out to he's already too big. But if you run it back now, at least you have a chance of him making weight. And then Alex, if Alex loses, you close the book. Once on he's him. gone, he's gone. Yeah. So if you make him fight at two hundred five, he ain't coming. He ain't, exactly. He's not <laughs> coming back. And if it. I'm out of Sanya, you know you can't fight at two hundred five, because even if let's just say you beat Alex Pereira, you ain't being Yuri Pashkevich at two hundred five. No, you vacating. Yeah. Like coming, he coming back. So <laughs> you just do it for one belt. And I know, like Dana's like, no, he's going two hundred five. But dog, run that back. It's, if there was ever a rivalry that needed a th- an immediate third fight, he knocked him out. Then you got your ass knocked out. Run it back now. What are we waiting for? Yeah, I think
1: what Izzy said is, you know, I, I ran through all these people, turned my spot. That's why I got the immediate rematch. He was like, this guy was brought in specifically to beat me, rushed to the title. And he beat you. And he, he beat me. But like, we ran it back. I proved that I, I am who I said I am. Now he has to go run through everybody. So if he's in a state, Izzy wants to see him fight a Robert Whitaker him to fight Apollo Costa nah. and then run it back. But I don't think he's going to do that. Might as well move up and exactly. run through another division. He ain't fighting at
2: 185 for another two years to fight you again. Yeah, so
1: I, I I just don't think their paths cross anymore. I think we see Adesanya go a little further down the list for his next opponent and then um, let the division kind of figure itself out around there. And as he will keep getting title defenses, him versus Hamza, even though you see Hamza tested and pushed, um, just that stylistic matchup with the wrestling, but Hamza stands up a lot, too. So, like, Izzy will have his chances. Yeah. Hamza gets hit a lot. 100%.
2: Um, in the past two fights. Before then, he got hit not at all. No, it's no guarantee that Hamza would beat Robert Whitaker. No, I would like to see. It, but, that, but that's why you have to do it now. Izzy might just chill. He might just chill and wait. I just, I, I get what Izzy's saying. Like, oh, you know, he's got to work his way back up. But you're still one and three against so what does he really got to do to prove that he gets, He's already knocked you out. Nobody else in the UFC has knocked that,
1: you out. Got to go and get that two hundred five title.
2: Yeah, I, and, and make it worth Izzy's while. Like the like the the iron is still hot for this. Like it, you can you run a lot of risks letting them fight other people. Like if Izzy fights Kamayev, he could lose, oh, Alex yeah. could lose to Yury. Who knows if Alex even gets to Yuri? Yep. We don't know. Like because maybe Yuri doesn't beat Jamal Hill. Maybe Jamal Hill beats. Alice We don't fucking know. But you're running a lot of things what? that could go wrong instead of just putting these two in there a, a, with each other because I get it. If there was another contender, if Driscoll's two plays was ranked number two, I'd be like, all right, cool. But he's not. He's ranked number six. he's ranked number six and he hasn't really beat anybody. That but would just be. beat everybody. <laughs> like, Except for Alice Like the rubber match. That's why you run the
1: rubber match. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Izzy goes next or if he just chills and waits for New York or. Um, it seems like Abu Dhabi's kind of getting pieced together already, uh, which which is crazy. There's like tons of people want to fight there. I guess uh, Mahachev wants to fight. Sure, he does. Abu Dhabi. It's cool, but I'm like, damn, that's a long way to wait. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a lot of waiting going on for that card. Um, they're looking at a guy like Kamaev, like fighting. There was a report, impossibly fighting on that and I'm just like he's waiting that long too like that's a long ass way yeah, we got we got fights to fill up this summer. Jeez. so like everyone, I get it, but if you're rushing, you just can't make them wait for Abu Dhabi. It just makes no damn sense. So we'll see how all that plays out. Let's give our predictions for this weekend's main event before we get the hell out of here. We have Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen on a card that's actually pretty good. Let I me mean, I don't want to be remiss. Uh Clay Guida's still fighting. My daughter wasn't alive when he started fighting. <laughs> the carpenter is still here with a full head of hair. Still, uh, Pedro Munoz is on this card, I'm trying to figure out a bit. Cudalaba um, is on this card, which is always a fun fight. We have Mizerkinov, who's undefeated. I just want to see him with my two eyes, then see more of him. Then Edson Barbosa, who is always good for a spinny, some kick or some wild shit. If he still has anything left, we'll see. It's always a possibility. Um, But Quarantillo, like, this is a good name on the resume if you can pull that shit off. So it's a good co-main event. It's going to be violent. And then, again, main event, Max Holloway, Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen only has one loss, 29 years old. He's, I mean, beat the shit out of Calvin Cater. Stop Dan Hook. It's some impressive-ass wins lately for Arnold Allen. But Max is Max.
2: Therein lies the problem.
1: This, again, I don't know when someone is a gatekeeper yet. Like, Volkanovski is a different level, but tr- Max pieced up Yair Rodriguez.
2: Yeah. And Yair's Yair. Right? Like, and then Calvin Cater, it's just, I,
1: I don't know. I, I think Max pieces his ass up. We- I'm picking Max by decision. Because it's Max.
2: It, it's Max Holloway is recognized widely as the best boxer for a long time. Remember the time Calvin Cater told Max he was a better boxer and then Max just beat the shit out of him? Yep. Arnold Allen's young and on the rise. Now, the, the, re- the real concern is Max didn't look like the best boxer in the world just a few years ago. Uh, well, just this last fight. He got shut out by yep. Alexander Volkanovsky, which is telling because. It wasn't even competitive. Is Alexander Volkanovsky that good or is Max slowing down? And against somebody like Arnold Allen, who's going to push you. We're going to get to find out 25 minutes in a long time. It's what Max does. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm going to pick Max Holloway, not with a great deal of confidence. It feels like Arnold Allen's right around the corner uh, to making this. a this, uh, run at the title, but, uh, I still think Max has something left. This is that stepping stone. If you beat Max, then yeah, cool. Yeah, you, if you, you beat Max, right you, mean, I, you fight the winner of Yair and Volkanovski in the internet fight week. You. Like, you're right there. But it's Max Holloway, and I can't just give up on him. Me either. Max Holloway's 31. Yeah, he's a kid. He's still, <laughs> he's still a kid in, in this game. Yes.
1: No, um, I'm picking Max to win this. It's going to be one hell of a fight, though. Can't wait to see how, how it all plays out. We appreciate you all. It's great to talk MMA here to start the week. Make sure you guys check out our boxing and pro wrestling shows later in the week. The old man, support him in his journey in Atlanta, doing everything, doing big things over here. It it is great. Always putting on for the culture. We appreciate you. Make sure you guys follow us on social media as well, at Corner Podcast, underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram, at Corner Pod on TikTok. Check out our YouTube, the Corner Podcast. For everyone here at Blue Wire Studios, the Wind Resort in Las Vegas, thank you all for putting this together. You guys stay safe. Plenty of combat sports to come in the coming months. It is going to be so damn fun. Till next time, we're
2: out. Peace.
0: This is the story of The wand. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand.